0: Every Lady Needs a Hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve.
1: I'm Dan.
0: That's right. This week we have another guest host, Dan Budress, a.k.a. my husband.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: <laughs> we got Dan. woo uh, finally, a male perspective.
2: <laughs> well, we had drag on. Oh, that's true. That was a little different. Yeah. It was a, it was a bonus. Not not yeah. in the normal format of the show. So, Dan, thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: You're welcome. I had to travel a long
0: way to get here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, usually Dan sits downstairs while I'm upstairs recording, so. Wow.
2: I want to sacrifice to be here yeah. on the podcast today. Um, I hope you bring a very manly perspective to this, so, you know.
1: I certainly do.
0: <laughs> yes. Dan's not quite this same sort of miss fisher super fan that we are but he's seen a number of episodes um he has a lot of thoughts so
1: yeah i think i have a particularly astute analysis of miss fisher's murder mysteries but i think that'll start (laughs) to play out as we discuss further
2: okay we wait with breath. astute analysis oh boy
0: you realize this is a funny podcast right Well, Dan has a particular theory about the show that fans may not agree with, but we'll let him we'll let him Um Alright, well this week we are reviewing season three, episode two. Murder and the Maiden. I actually wrote it down that time. I know I usually forget, but I knew Good it. I knew you. it. Thanks. <laughs> um, um do we have
2: any housekeeping? No. Fire tote bags.
0: I heart toad thanks. Okay. Well, what did you think of this episode?
2: I I actually kind of liked this episode more than I remembered. There's some good there's some good sort of gags. Like I totally forgot about the part where she's like says that Jack is her fiance to get into the Air Force base and I actually loved that scene. I totally
0: forgot about it. That's a funny part where she puts her hand on his knee.
2: Yeah, I just uh, totally didn't remember that.
0: I like this one too. Um but I mean basically every episode in season three has like a ton of sexual tension, which is all I'm really here for, so you know, I I like it. What did you think, Dan?
1: Yeah, I particularly like the political and political tension introduced by the uh you know, class analysis of the maniacal communist. That was probably my
2: favorite part. Of course it was. Of course that was your favorite part.
0: Well, the it's sort of a running theme that the cab drivers for Incest are communists. So that kind of... It's like a thread that runs through the whole show.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And yet they work for the boss.
0: Well, you know, they don't like liking the boss's boots, but Miss Fisher's boots are different. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, so... Yeah, I mean, I like a jealous Jack, too, so there's, like, a lot of this in this episode. I don't love a, like, I don't love how Phryne reacts to it in this episode, but I understand why she does. So, I'm there for
0: all. Yeah, I'm interested to hear more about that when we get to it. Yes. <clears throat> um, so, in the cold open of this episode, my main thought is, like, why is this woman not wearing a coat? Like, she just looks so cold. Yeah, why isn't she? Oh, she left her coat. We know why she's not wearing a coat. She left it
2: with Tatiana to mend. Yeah. Although, does it get cold in Australia? Does it get cold? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Where in Australia are they? Melbourne. My geography of Australia isn't great. What part of the country is that in?
0: It's the southeast coast. Okay. Um, I've been there in the summer and it was really freaking hot. But so I was thinking...
2: There one data point of one time that you were there and now you're assuming that it doesn't get cold in Australia.
0: I was there for like two full weeks so. <laughs> two full weeks you didn't experience the full range of weather? <laughs> Shocking.
1: So 14 data points.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay okay. Um, I mean it seems that often Phryne is wearing a light jacket. But we don't see her in like a heavy parka so except when they go to the mountains.
0: So maybe it's pretty temperate. Yeah I guess you're right and, and she- she does show up in the next scene wearing a light jacket, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway. I, I forgot, you know, what happens in this episode totally. And so I found the cold open really confusing because I was like, is he choking her? Like, what's going on? I she was completely
1: was unclear as to the method of death from that opening scene.
2: Well, yeah, I don't think you don't know the method of death in that opening scene. And I think you're meant to believe that he kills her. But
0: that is not the right fact right um, fair it's yeah. kind of weird that for help though it's like if your girlfriend was dying would you not like try to get an ambulance or something you know what i mean like he just leaves her there yeah but she
2: yeah no that doesn't make sense cuz at the point that you need like That the point where she's dead, the fact that she was impersonating a naval officer, like, becomes irrelevant. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little strange, his reaction. I think, I almost think it's just like he panicked because he didn't know what to do.
0: Yeah, that's probably what happened. Or probably what they wanted us to think happened. Yeah.
2: Well, I think they wanted us to think that he murdered her.
0: So in the next scene, uh, when Dot and Miss Fisher arrive at the graph base, I think they both are looking extremely sharp in their outfits. Like Dot's pink coat, I love, and Miss Fisher's yes. peach velvet jacket and her like gray suit. It's just I love that outfit. I love I she has
2: a lot of great jackets in this in this episode.
1: I particularly like the full grain leather duster that she's seen in later. <laughs>
2: another jacket that she sports during this episode. You're right. I'm not
0: sure that belongs to her. I wonder what Dan picked for best outfit. I guess we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: you may never know.
0: Now you're going to have to tell us.
2: I, I have in my notes that heavy flirting ensues in this scene between her yeah. and, and group Captain Lyle Compton.
1: She first comments on the scent of aviation fuel in the morning in sort of a, like, apocalypse now like smell of napalm in the morning kind of vibe <laughs>
0: um I yeah he also just like really grabs her around the waist and she puts her hand right on his face which is pretty it's pretty I mean they haven't seen each other in like a decade like how does she know he's not married you know or maybe they've been seeing each other in the interim we're it supposed
1: to think. seems like whatever happened in Madagascar has put them on you know intimate terms for life that's the vibe that I'm getting
2: yeah, it's one of those those things where you just pick up right where you left off.
1: Yeah. yeah. Huh. It was certainly a familiar embrace.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: Um, my next question is uh, like, could the motorbike really go 132 miles per hour? Personally, I doubt it.
2: Oh, I should have asked Rob this question. I think it um, probably could. I mean, bikes can go pretty fast.
0: I mean, okay. I believe that. Uh-huh.
1: she was wearing that like long flowing peach jacket over top of it. That would have acted like a parachute. There's no way they could have gotten to <laughs> that. She probably discarded it into the airfield. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. No, that's a solid point. Um, How fast
0: can Rob's bike
2: go? Not that fast. It's old. I mean, so uh, it's that bike in the. the bike? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't take it usually over like seventy. Okay. It might be able to go faster than that, but I don't know. Seems it's not a speedster.
0: Dangerous.
2: Yeah. I also noted that they were not wearing helmets, which I found alarming.
0: Yeah. and Ms. Fisher's wearing like basically a napkin. Like I don't imagine that <laughs> those silk pants are particularly protective. No,
2: no, they neither of them were following correct motorcycle protection protocol.
0: She
1: really just
2: laughs
1: in the face of danger. Like seriously
2: yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> hasn't seen anything serious since nineteen eighteen, so
0: yeah. Um so my next note is on the boot print that is found at the crime scene when <laughs> Jack and Hugh arrive to inspect the body. <laughs> And they're like, oh, a boot print. It's a clue. But, like, wouldn't there have been, like, numerous boot prints? Like, I, I mean, how can they assume that this is related to the crime? Because it's, well, it's outside of the fence. I don't think this was, like, a heavily trafficked area. But,
2: like, why were they there in the
0: first place if it wasn't, like, an area that they frequented, you know?
2: Well, it was their, like, secret. It was the, where the hole in the fence was so they could sneak in. Mm-hmm. So that she could sneak in and put on her, her disguise in that Sorry. sentry
1: ship. Remind me, who actually discovered the body like how did jack get alerted to the fact that there was a body there
0: oh it was two little boys they found Mm. it Mm. yeah it's just a brief scene where the boys stumble on the body um
2: i noted that this is not important to the crime at all but hugh's uniform is a little more fetching this season his constable uniform it's more flattering
0: huh
1: Uh, i thought he looked like a real nerd with his like bulbous helmet.
0: Well, I think they're just trying to be historically accurate while conveying a sense of the ridiculous to you. He's sort of the comic foil, you know? So maybe I'm just wrong,
2: because that is his vibe the whole show. I was just being optimistic that it looked was better this season,
0: but apparently not.
1: Give the man his due, I think, you know?
0: Well, he definitely <laughs> Dot is better this season. You even commented that you like you asked is that the same actress? Because I think she looks a lot sharper. I think they, they're doing her hair differently, and she just has, like, better outfits, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely she her
0: hair looks Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. They also find many clues at the scene of the crime, including a scrap of paper, a set of keys, a bandage. The keys have RAAF for the Air for Force. For the um, Australian Air Force. Maybe. Thank you.
0: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, lots of clues abound. I never leave that many clues behind when I commit a murder. I always sweep the area with a literal broom, and I scoop them up before I leave.
1: Well, it's important to place clues in order to implicate others, right?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and really,
2: none of these were clues. Well, the cigarette box was a clue that led
0: them to the murderer. But the murderer, remember, was not present at the time of death. So. That's true. And they... They did not find the cigarette box at the scene of a crime because he picks it up.
2: Right. We see it uh, in the cold open, but the police do not find it. That yeah. You're right. <clears throat> so then we go back into the airbase where Frinney and Dot don't realize that a murder has happened yet. I don't believe. And Old Greaves is giving Dot a tour. And this man... Oh is so suspicious and i couldn't remember who the murderer was and i was like i can't remember who the murderer is so i'm going with this guy and it was him
1: (laughs) i just had no i mean even if he hadn't committed the murder it looked like he was about to kill dot through his (laughs) just like droning on about like the history of planes or something (laughs) i just imagined her being like get me the hell away from this man if he tells me about one more airplane like i'm gonna die
2: yeah i feel like this. Because oh, there's like the guy in the radio episode that just drones on and on, like just giving her bird calls. I don't
0: know. She's she's like a magnet for those types of guys. Mm. Oh yeah, it's very reminiscent of that the radio episode where she's also getting mansplained too, and maybe vaguely also hit on by yeah. a creepy yeah. man who may or may not actually be a murderer. Um,
2: so he does. I looked up someone that he mentions though when he's droning on and on, Harry Cobby. And he was, so he's a famous pilot, but the most interesting thing was when I was looking him up, Google suggested that I was searching for Dobby, Harry Potter, <laughs> 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 which led me to believe that Dobby was, uh, you know, flying ace in World War One for the Australians.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what J.K. Rowling was referencing. I think so. Yeah.
1: No. Just as an aside, I really believe that Miss Fisher would have been an ardent supporter of house elf liberation. Oh, to be exactly yeah. the kind of cause that she could get behind.
0: You're a hundred percent Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's always been a supporter of the downtrodden.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that before, but you're definitely right.
1: <laughs> or, you <laughs> I know, can't believe you hadn't thought of that.
2: Well, we have thought of a crossover series where Harry Potter meets Miss Fisher, so <laughs> definitely a topic covered from that film in that series.
1: I think she could have really helped in Chamber of Secrets. Like.
0: Oh yeah, no, oh yeah. They were just muddling around for pages and pages on that mystery. Miss <laughs> Fisher would have wrapped that up immediately. I mean, also she's not a child, so that's a factor as well because they were literal twelve-year-olds. True. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who were
2: on a reread, definitely being creepily set up by Dumbledore to solve these mysteries in very dangerous circumstances. Anyways.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, I'm not. I think that there's a parallel here between the role of Dumbledore in this reading and the role that I believe Miss Fisher holds in the series. (laughs) In that... (laughs) I I believe that she's the murderer. (laughs) I think that she has elaborately concocted the circumstance through which these murders occur. But all of
0: them, you think all of them?
1: Yeah, clearly. And
0: what is her motive?
1: Power. (laughs) The thrill of the hunt.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's one perspective. That's definitely one perspective. I mean, it does explain the, the alarming
2: rate at which murders happen around her.
0: Yeah. I think it's a pretty unrealistic murder rate in the city of Melbourne.
2: So I don't know, Dan might be onto something.
0: We'll keep tabs on that. Maybe that's the twist ending of the film is that she's been committing the murders all along.
2: Maybe the it truth is.
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway. So I think my next note is that Miss Fisher is at the commie bar again. But the I commie have <laughs> the commie bar.
1: The commie bar. A little well, respect.
2: <laughs> we also learn before she goes to the commie bar. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> oh.
1: it's headquarters.
2: <laughs> it's a bar. It's the European club or something. Um. Anyways, so we learned that the union, so there's union laborers at the Air Force Base, and they all look very, very unionized. Um. But they've been accused of sabotaging the plane that crashed, and it I was... Mean. Um, and then we also learn that the the pilot of the plane that was sabotaged hasn't shown up for duty is, and is, in fact, missing. So this is what uh, leads her to the to
0: the den of communism.
1: The den of communism. Sorry, has she been there before? Did you say she ends up in the commie bar again? Well,
0: I'm, actually, I'm not actually sure it's the same bar, but there is another episode where she gets mixed up with some, like, Russian anarchists. Mm. And I think Black-ing maybe it's... <laughs> same Lafian, sorry is it yeah, the same it's, bar It's the um, same set it's the same set but
2: i think it's technically a different so what i picture you know all those like sort of dingy like like in nashua there's the the polish club or the like ukrainian club i imagine yeah. i was about, i imagine that all of those those buildings they're exactly like it is in the show inside yeah
1: and like i've been to like fraternal order of eagles or whatever and it's like yeah. you know there's a bar and like people hanging out
0: and they only serve decaf coffee, and everyone
1: there is over 85. <laughs> <It> was not <laughs> my experience.
0: <laughs> no, I'm picturing them all to be in in
2: like 20s garb, discussing, you know, the Russian Revolution. I will not be dissuaded otherwise. That is what is going on. I just on want to be
1: classes. clear. I don't think I'm not sure that Latvian anarchists would get along with these communists. I mean, these guys are statists. That dude was wearing a Stalin pin throughout the entire show. Like he had a little Joseph Stalin port yeah. uh, like portrait lapel pin on
0: they laid it on thick there
2: yeah i don't again i don't think i think this is just a different club that burton says know all of them though they're they're frequent um so wait before she goes there though we 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 get a very manly standoff between jack and lyle compton oh my god you know i
0: forgot because actually i skipped a whole section of my notes accidentally i also want to note that the cover um the cover of manning's file with the picture on it if you pause it on that it, she kind of looks like a woman in the picture. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm like, why did no one pick
2: up on this sooner? Um, yeah, pretty far fetched. But yeah, we get this, we get this great standoff where Jack comes with the news of the dead body, and we get the old, fr- we're just old friends line, and then he leaves with a, you'll find me at the morgue, Miss Fisher, which is like <laughs> the <a> parting shot. <laughs> oh man, well they're
0: always
2: going on dates to the morgue. Yeah, Dan, how is that your go to date location?
1: The morgue? <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean I wouldn't roll it out entirely and <laughs> call it a go to.
0: He likes to take me to the ICU instead.
1: The ICU? You mean yeah. the ICA, maybe? No, I just <laughs>
0: just like a step before the morgue. <laughs> um well anyway, so then Miss Fisher does go to... Wait, did she go to the morgue before she goes to this communist part? Oh yes, my god! Yes,
2: you skipped a bunch. Because we then we get Hugh telling Dot how dangerous the air force base is because there's guns and men there, which I so might know. Silly. She, she hangs out with police officers all the time who are yeah. men who have
0: guns.
1: Like literally, he is a man with a gun who hangs yeah. out in a place full of men and guns.
0: <laughs> he says Anyways. a lot of dumb shit in this episode. Yeah.
2: Uh, Anyways, we also, key to the murder um, The keys that were found with the dead woman Have the missing man's service number on them And you'd think at this point, when you see that photo Of a very feminine-looking Air Force officer
0: You might connect the dots, but they don't until much
2: later
1: You might
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, if you saw a photo And you'd think that if you'd been tasked with finding this missing person You would familiarize yourself with the photo reasonably And then you would see the this person that you're looking for you know, in a dress, but nevertheless, that's the same person from the picture. You would recognize them. You would, I think. I think th- so too.
1: I do think so. Hmm.
0: But they don't. They don't. For Miss for Fisher, that's pretty bad, you know. I know. She gets everything.
2: But this just goes to show how, um, you know, how hard it is to to like uh, the gender structure is so set in your mind. You know, it's yeah. just like they didn't even think about it. They just ruled it out entirely anyways they didn't even think like oh is this sergeant manning's fraternal twin sister yeah that might have been something to think about but they didn't they didn't think about it at all
1: i'm just sort of unbelieving that they haven't encountered other gender bending victims in the past in the past like what two seasons have there been
0: Hmm. i don't think they have no i don't think so that's not to say that there aren't queer characters. There are. Yeah. There yep. But no gender bending, really. I mean, Dr. No. Mac wears men's suits constantly, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But she's also
2: like obviously a woman. Like, yeah, I don't
0: she's know. obviously a woman. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do we get to go to the comedy bar now? <laughs> no. Then we go to the we go to the morgue. Oh We see
2: Mac, and she's wearing that her stupid her, ro- white lab coat over her c- suit, which is sad. Yeah. And we learn that the woman died of poison. Um, and then <laughs> we get this, well, Brian, he's like, maybe she was lovers with the missing man. And then Jack's like, or maybe just old friends. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. Jack, we just, we go on motorcycle rides, mustache rides. <laughs> like <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that's a deleted scene listeners <laughs>
2: um, also the scrap of paper that is found at the scene of the crime is a love letter So that's or so it seems and then Jack huffs out because he's just like he can't get over Lyle and Friday and that's like he's, he's not even focused on solving the crime so he huffs out and then Friday finds another clue inside the bandage which is a bus ticket and this no. is, where, yeah, so this is what leads them to the commie club because they take it home and Dot's trying to figure out where it would take the the woman and um, Bert and Sess and Friny are talking about how they think maybe she was, um, maybe if Manning was trying to figure out if the union sabotaged his plane, she was trying to help him figure it out and went to the union hall. It's it's like a little bit of a stretch, but
1: it, they so, yeah. It looked like in that scene, Dot was, like, calculating all the possible combinations of results that that ticket could have mm-hmm. given her. Is that what she's doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh, well, she could have been going to this bar, and that bar is in this zone. And then she's like, would this ticket be enough to get her to that zone? So she's counting, counting it out.
1: Okay. I kind of, I got lost at that point about, like, what the connection was. And how they sort of ended up at that bar, it felt a little far-fetched. But I was also moving a little fast, and I wasn't necessarily keeping up as well as I could have been.
0: That's a common theme for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch. But basically, it was like sort of like two, like, that was trying to do that separately. And then they were talking about the union, and then Bert and Sess knew where all the union, like, guys hung out. And then yeah. they just, like, connected the two things. Anyways, it's a little bit. A little bit of a stretch. Also, we learned that Bert has a has a crush on a at Union Hall, so maybe that's just where his mind was at.
0: Yeah, yeah, always looking for an excuse to go see the coat check lady.
2: Well, she and she hems his trousers. I put my notes, if you know what I mean. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> It kind of uh, seems like it's fairly unrequited though, doesn't it? Like I'm not sure anything has happened between these two. I think he's just like hanging around, bothering her, sort of imagining it. Maybe is the impression I get. Yeah, but she's she is hemming his
2: trousers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Saying yeah, you could be you right. You don't hem you
0: just can... anyone's trousers. <laughs> I don't for sure. Although people are constantly asking me to do it. Generally, you have
1: to take your trousers off before someone can hem them.
0: <laughs> That's true. A Good point. point. Exactly. Yeah. Dan's actually not wearing pants right now, because I was hemming them.
1: Hemming them. Just kidding. I don't want to Be. know
0: what you guys are
2: <laughs>
1: I am, in fact, wearing pants, listeners.
0: Exciting pre-podcast activities include cooking and consuming chicken. So. Chicken? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Watching a Martin Scorsese film.
0: Yeah. Which one?
1: Uh, we started watching The Irishman.
2: Oh, I heard he was very long, so I became immediately disinterested.
1: I think I'm going to have to do it in a couple of sittings. Yeah. Three hours. It's Pretty hefty.
2: I will only tolerate that for Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I just have my notes, Bert's love interest has the deets. Um, <laughs> well, so,
2: so. Alright, but- I love when they're heading into the club. Bert is giving Miss Fisher all this advice about what to not to mention, which is don't mention Mr. Butler or the stock exchange or that you send out your laundry. Don't talk (laughs) like a (laughs) toff. Don't
1: talk like a (laughs) toff. Yeah,
2: because
1: like even if Miss Fisher's boots are different, I mean Bert still works for the boss here, and he's taking her to the club like.
0: Yeah, that actually is a pretty big jump.
1: It's a big jump. And
0: not it's only a big is, move. not only is she his boss, but her father is a baron.
1: So she's literally of the ruling class.
0: Yeah, but she grew up in the slums, so it's all right. Hmm. She has humble beginnings. She pulled herself up by her shoe straps.
1: Her shoe straps, alright. <laughs> seems My like end- Bert's a class.
2: <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah. Um, so then we get two men fighting about the revolution um and we meet mr higgins who is the big important union man
1: mr higgins is this our our boy rupert higgins
2: yeah with the glasses
1: he is such a hilarious parody of a communist (laughs) intellectual he's got his hair slicked back he's like drinking red wine like swirling it as he drinks it he's got the john lennon glasses he's wearing a suit the stalin lapel pin He just seems like such a turd. (laughs) Um,
2: It turns out he is.
1: (laughs) He is, in fact, one. He looks just like uh, that guy who plays the scarecrow in The Dark Knight. Remember that? I don't. Okay. Anyway, forget that guy's name.
0: So then also, this is where Miss Fisher finds the victim's coat in the coat check. Mm-hmm. which i feel like this is a whole sort of unexplored realm of murder mystery clues you don't often get the abandoned left behind coat check items but that's a world i'd love to explore
2: oh yes just like out of human curiosity however i will note she left it for repairs it was not
0: actually an abandoned coat check oh did she mm-hmm. It was but tremendous. then she, ran, but then she yeah. ran off without her coat and I thought that was why that she she left in a hurry and she left it at the coach. Uh, maybe I misunderstood. Yeah.
1: Well, she left it yeah. for ending.
0: Yeah, um, that's what Tatiana said. But
2: who knows? Um. Oh, so we also Higgins confirms that he recognizes. So he doesn't again. He, she shows him a picture of Manning and he doesn't recognize him. And then she shows him a picture or she describes the dead woman. And he says, yes, she was here. And that's when they go ask Tatiana about it. Right.
1: Uh, um. so as you're watching this show do you imagine that it all sort of happens you know very sequentially as it's presented or like do they spend a lot of time like pursuing other leads and like thinking through other things in the like interstitial time that we don't actually get to see in the show you know or are they just always this lucky
0: mm, that's a good question i think they're kind of always this lucky <laughs> Yeah, they do often to spend a lot of time pursuing the red herring, though. Mm. But it, I mean, that's kind of part of the charm for me is that it's totally zany. And it's like they're finding clues left and right. You know,
2: mm-hmm. there's a lot of clues in this episode, like an overwhelming number of clues. Oh,
0: yeah, it's very fast paced. That's true.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, now we have the coat and uh, that's where is that where the single cigarette is found. I think that was with the body. I don't think it's in the coat.
0: Hmm. Or maybe it is, because Fry, no, I don't remember. I think the only major clue that is discovered in the coat is, like, the origin of it. So yeah. that helps them to figure out where she came from.
2: And, yes, the origin, and then there's a scrap of the love letter that, which I don't think the love letter's ever explained
0: Blamed? It must just be well, between Willis and Virginia. It leads them to, though, it, it helps her to figure out that it's the mansplainer, but I don't know why. <sighs> Maybe you remember. Oh, yeah. I she, oh, it's happened. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: And then I think we go to City South, to the police station. Yes. Where they're looking at the cast of the boot print, which left me wondering if, if police still do this, take casts of like footprints I think,
2: you know, yeah i think i think it's maybe like tire prints i've you know more modern crime solving accounts they take a cast okay. of tire print okay so we also get this great line where Franny says to jack you and lyle are very similar i think you'd like each other
0: yeah, well, and then he says i don't think one necessarily follows the yeah. other <laughs> which i mean true
1: so is that like a you know quiet desperate cry of like self-loathing that jack's giving out there like what, what does that really represent
0: well like, you know have you ever met someone that you think is like a lot like you and you also don't really like them yeah
1: a lot yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also although i don't think jack and lyle are very similar at all
1: yeah, they're not. They're, they're not, not similar.
0: Yeah, especially I mean the way Lyle is trying to conceal things from the police, Jack would never do that. Yeah, like he's totally yeah. honor bound.
1: He's like Wing Commander Lyle, whatever Lyle Compton. You know, he's such a, a schmarmy guy. He's pretty show offish. He's like kind of exactly. rakish. Yeah. Jack is very uh, sort of a steer almost, but he's got like a quiet sense of humor.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: He also doesn't have that dumb mustache. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe Miss Fisher likes the mustache. No. <laughs> um, so then, next they go back to the base, and they—this is where they sneak in with the fiance line.
2: Oh yes. Wait. First, sorry. First, there's this exchange where the between Hugh and Dot at the station, where Hugh is trying to get her to eat at the pie cart with him, and wants to set a date for the wedding. And he's, like, <laughs> trying to get her to stop investigating. And he's, like, why don't you leave the investigating to Miss Fisher? And she's, like, and why don't you try that pie card on your own?
0: <laughs> it's, like, such a zinger.
1: It is a zinger.
0: It's also really rude of him because it's, like, just because you're, like, even if she was going to stop working after they got married, that doesn't mean she gets to stop working now. That's, like, <laughs> you know, like, if Dan and I were engaged and I worked at, like, a coffee shop and he showed up at the coffee shop and was, like... <laughs> Why do you stop making those coffees? Because now we're going to get married and you don't need to do that anymore. It's like absurd. <laughs> it's, a it's a ridiculous suggestion.
1: Yeah, it's like, why don't you let leave the investigation to, you know, Inspector Jack? Like, yeah, take your dunce cap and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now Dan, yeah. I did want to ask you, since you're on the podcast and since you and Mackenzie are married, why, why, are you okay with Mackenzie working now that you're married?
0: I, mean, this I is,
1: mean, yeah, I just I pretend to go to work. I just go to the library and read a book every day all day. So it's good that she's making some money.
0: <laughs> yeah, he thinks that I don't know, but I know he's on a strict allowance. <laughs> oh, and then
2: sorry, I, I took more thorough notes this time so I could follow the crime a little closer. But the boot print, the importance of the boot print is that it's a big it's a size 12 and Manning was short five, six hmm, I wonder what this means. So it's probably not his. So we we have uh, confirmed another person at the scene of death. I remember that
1: being a really confusing exchange. Yeah, I yeah, was we like, were. I thought that they were saying that the person like must have been tall or like tall because the boot print was small or something. I, I forget.
0: I thought that I thought that they were saying that, yeah, yeah, we were totally confused by that. Yeah,
2: well, they were saying, so their theory, their working theory at this point is that Manning, the missing guy, was having an affair with this woman who, yeah. was, who died. And so then they're like, maybe the blueprint is Manning's, but it was too big to be Manning's. So then it's like, there must have been someone else involved at this, you know, at the scene of the mm. death, Not yeah. Manning. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Anyways, we can move on now. Now they're going back to the base with the little fiance line. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, they go back to the base and sneak in by Miss Fisher insisting that she has to be escorted by her fiancé, which is hilarious. Um. And then she, like, breaks into the staff lockers. Wait, can we just rewind
1: real quick to the scene where they go up to a checkpoint with armed guards? <laughs> and she's like, my fiancé, and, like, grips his thigh. And then she guns it through a Check- checkpoint Full of armed guards. She is repeatedly taking her own life into her hands and just like laughing the whole time.
0: That's yeah. kind of her MO. That's Miss Fisher.
1: Uh, I mean it seems like a real classic profile of a serial killer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, babe. Sure. <laughs> okay, well, so then in the next scene where Miss Fisher is insisting that being a woman has certain assets and then climbs a wall. I love the way Jack is just holding her little beaded purse. <laughs> I love this scene
2: so much. Because as she's saying assets, he's like lifting her up, and like her assets are just like passing in front of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene That's funny,
0: for sure <sighs> um, and then they break into these lockers and find clues in a just completely illegal manner and I feel like Jack is participating more than usual in this like shady investigating he normally would not consent to this I think he would just wait till she brought him whatever she found
2: yeah but he's pissed that Lyle won't let him search the base so I think he's just like yeah. he's
0: just yeah. I don't
2: know not typical jack but he's also just he's jealous and he's he's irritated and he's just along for the ride yeah um uh, but yeah so what they do is they find the key that was found with the dead body they match it to a staff locker and then they find another photo of james and james manning looking very much like a woman yes <laughs> Willis jones who we met earlier who appears and then who just like appears um right as they found the, find the photo and um, he's uh, upset about it. <laughs> he's not happy. And um, Jack also notes that Willis's boots are about the size of the boot print. Anyways, a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch. But is this also
0: where somebody mentions a love triangle? Oh yeah. And-
2: so then Lyle shows up.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. He's like love triangle. I heard it from across the
2: base. <laughs> They love triangle
0: it would be funnier if they just added in a little bit where he was like gunning for some kind of threesome you know <laughs> instead of you know he was, he was like love triangle maybe we should do a reenactment are you you guys in you want to just come by my office say around 8 9 p.m bring a bottle of wine
1: for the sake of investigation just,
0: yeah, yeah. a little, a little walkthrough this crime
2: later together <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> We'll have to see if there's some fan fiction out there with some
0: Yeah? back Friday
2: action. I don't know. Back in the barracks. I don't know if anyone really wants that though.
0: No. <laughs> so, I mean, sure. <laughs> um, and then and then we go back to the morgue. Um, well, no. So then, so so then,
2: um while asked to asked to speak to phryne alone on a personal matter but that personal matter is that he suspects that willis and manning were lovers right right interested in women so he's like this love triangle thing doesn't make sense because they were not into ladies oh he was on the right
0: track but wrong (laughs) not in fact a personal matter at all but it's like why would he tell her that without the expectation that she would just tell jack like just tell them both well, I think he
2: thought he had her, you know, he had her in her clutch. He had her in his clutches.
0: Yeah, not quite. <laughs>
2: and then we go to the morgue. Yeah, then we go back to the station, and this is where they've tracked down the postmark from the letter and the mark from the coat to figure out where the woman was from.
0: Right, right. And then there's another tense exchange between Dot and Hugh, right, where he's trying to figure it out from the phone book. He doesn't yeah. want to help,
2: but anyways, they figure it out together. He's a dingus. And then Friday is on a tour of the base with Greaves because Lyle has given her permission to investigate fully, and we see the Union men looking very unionized again. They're just very unionized. And then Greaves also had suspicions about Willis and Manning, and um, I noted that he seems very impressed with Willis himself, and for someone who ultimately is a homophobic murderer.
0: (laughs) I'm just (laughs) saying. I'm just saying. I have my suspicions about Greaves. Yeah, you know, I mean, you could be right.
2: (laughs) And then this is where Friney finds the cigarette box in
0: Willis's desk. Right, yes, that's an important clue.
1: Does Friney smoke?
0: Mm, No. I don't think we see her smoke, no. We've never seen her smoke. And neither does Jack. Almost... Almost no one does hmm. of the main characters. Well, maybe Bert and Seth. Bert does. Yeah, Bert. Bert, does. And, uh, Bert
2: at least i I can picture seeing with a cigarette in his mouth.
0: But I yeah.
1: just imagine like Franny having some kind of ornate cigarette holder. Yeah, you know, like almost like Cruella De esque, like just some kind of really long.
0: <laughs> But yeah, I, I think, you know, Jack, Friney, Dot, and Hugh, none of them smoke, which seems so, actually a little unrealistic. I think awesome. I would have, yeah.
1: <laughs> they do it off camera.
0: <laughs>
2: Maybe. Um so yes, yeah, so Friney finds a cigarette box, but Willis doesn't smoke. But the cigarettes in the box match the cigarette that was found on the dead body. Um and somehow. Oh, and then they go to the morgue, and Mac confirms that the cigarettes are poisoned, I guess?
0: Right. I just wrote in my notes, we once again have an absurd poison plot. Yes, the
2: cigarettes were poisoned, and that is the cause of death.
1: So was it the tar and other carcinogens in the cigarette that were the poison? (laughs)
0: acting than that.
1: Okay, slow yeah. acting but not that slow.
0: Imagine yeah. being a murderer and your whole your whole plot is to get someone to get lung cancer 30 years from now and so you get them addicted to cigarettes.
1: I want to see Miss Fisher go all the way to the top. I want to see her like kick in the door of the Philip Morris International like, <laughs> board meeting, you know?
2: Maybe
0: that'll like... be season four. <laughs> yeah.
1: You've poisoned my client! Oh my <laughs>
0: So then I think that maybe is the only important point that we get at the morgue there, just the poison cigarettes,
2: right? Yes. Oh, but no, we also learned, so specifically the poison is ricine, which is Correct. extracted from castor oil, and this is where... Wait, we- I'm sorry,
1: are they not specific, don't they specifically say that it is not castor oil, but castor beans? Doesn't Mac like aggressively oh, affect
2: Jack yes.
1: on that point?
2: yes you're
1: not to aggressively correct you
2: yes you're yes i um um, but yeah we also learned that that was in line with the chemical experiments that they were doing during the war to create chemical weapons mm -hmm.
0: okay so then then we go back to the communist bar i believe where bert is no (laughs)
2: sorry (laughs) okay so that, this is when we learn that that Hugh calls and has figured out that there was a woman who met missing six years ago from the area where they've identified, um, who was working as a nurse at a military hospital. And then James Manning had been transferred from that airbase. base. Um, so that must have been where they met. Right, right. So
0: that's all. <laughs> um, so then we go back to the communist bar where Bert is flirting with his love interest, the coat check woman.
1: Is her name... Tatiana,
0: Right. Is that, that's the name she has uh, initially or.
2: Yeah. uh, I don't think it's her real name. Mm. name
0: Yeah. 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 And then he does something that I think is just so annoying. um, Where she really does not want him to start a fight over her. And he does. And then she doesn't seem angry about it subsequently, but she really should have been because it was really dick move. I thought. Yeah, I think maybe she was distracted by
2: the fact that she was not who she said she was and was worried it was going to get found out. Yeah. Like, she just seemed, like, really agitated. I think she's just, like,
0: not anyways. Yeah. But, yeah, Bert picks a fight with Higgins over Tatiana.
2: And then Tatiana gets fired because, (laughs) yeah, not a a smart move, Bert. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so this is when Tatiana tells Bert that she's actually in the country illegally, which is not really true either. (laughs) And (laughs) she needs to get her bag from the club and she doesn't trust anyone except Bert.
0: Mm, A bit transparent that I thought. Yeah.
2: Oh, we missed a scene where Jack at the board, Jack, uh, or maybe at the station, I don't remember where it but he walks in and is like, Mr. Butler called and Lyle is wanting to see Miss Fisher and Jack is so angry about it. And then this is where Miss Fisher says, I dance to no one's tune, Jack. And oh, just, right. Like, yeah, you're just dancing to his tune.
0: Right, I forgot
2: about that. Even
0: though they just broken into the bass together earlier that I, day, like. I
2: know yeah that jack is sad i don't know
0: i would say and then they go to the base but i'm not actually sure so you yeah, have to do they that do. No, they do. <laughs> no, <right. laughs>
2: this is where Friny is updating compton and she's like i'm interested in the big picture and he's like and how does jack fit into your picture he's not your okay. usual style
0: right and then she says too much ballast for liftoff yes Which is like, she never refers to their relationship ever other than this, I think. It's not really, except for when Mac asks her what she did to him and she said, I stood him up for another man in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. She basically never discusses that, which is interesting. But
2: she does with Lyle, and it leads to some seduction by Airplane
0: Light, so. Right, right, right. And then right I think he, he asked her to get a drink. And then in that next scene, he just gets so handsy so fast. Like he just puts his hand right on her thigh, which seems pretty presumptuous is, to me.
1: Is this the scene where they're in the airplane hangar and it's like, sort of like mood lit. And he like, yes. she's up on the airplane and he like grabs her around the waist and like lifts her down from the airplane. Yes. And they're all like, remember Madagascar. <laughs> I ever forget. Like it's like, what the (laughs) hell happened? What were they up to?
0: Yeah.
2: I think I know what they were up
1: to. I think I know too.
2: Yeah, out in
0: the jungle.
2: Stranded, you know, nothing Nothing to do. Yeah. Isn't that the the desert island game? Like we used to my sister and I used to play that. It's like, if you were trapped on a desert island with this person, how long would it take before you made out with them?
0: yeah that seems like a game i used to play in high school too except it was usually like there's two people on the island who would you choose to repopulate the earth with yeah.
1: repopulate the earth i
0: think maybe <laughs> this wasn't a desert island but like sort of a nuclear holocaust sure. situation sure so but dan I mean, you're saying you didn't do this with your friends in high school
1: oh no we definitely did this kind of stuff yeah did you oh absolutely <laughs>
0: The the repopulate the earth question I think is fundamentally flawed because the correct answer is that for the maximum amount of genetic diversity you would have to choose both options.
2: Yeah. Uh, Somehow the teenage brain just doesn't think in those those ways though. Yeah. My <laughs> sister, and I would get really what?
1: Perhaps subconsciously.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah maybe. Um, we had a lot of really intense analysis about it, which in retrospect seems like a waste of brain power. But. I think so, yeah.
0: Um, So then I have noted that in the next scene, or sort of concurrently occurring scene, where Jack and Hugh are sneaking onto the base, that Jack is being pretty cavalier here with Hugh's future, especially because it's, it's one thing for Jack and Friday to sneak onto the base, but with Hugh, it's like they could be ruining his whole future. Mm-hmm. You know, they could both get canned for that. It's very <laughs> risky. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> 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 And then when they get caught, it's like, and he tells <laughs> Hugh to go back to the car.
1: Run, Hugh!
0: And they're pointing guns at him. It's it's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I just don't think this is in Jack's character. No. Like, to just put Hugh in such danger like that. No, all of it is very out of
2: character for Jack. And it's a little bit of a stretch to think that he's so jealous and so irritated with Lyle that he just, like, throws everything out the window like this. I don't know. It's... It's all it's a bit of a stretch.
0: Yeah. But first they find they find uh the uniform, which is presumably. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's kind of all they they've discovered. The uniform and the little pads, right? Yeah. And the condi's
2: crystal. Right. And then, he, and then he was like, but why would he take his clothes out off out here? And then Jack just sort of looks at him. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Even though, like, this is totally wrong. Anyways, they still haven't figured it out, but...
0: Yeah.
1: So, Hugh and Dot, like, have have they been, like, involved? Like, you know what no. I mean? Like, is...
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Dot is no. very religious. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're engaged.
1: They're engaged. Yeah. Okay.
0: But I don't They're think there's any funny business. So, does,
1: what does Dot think about Miss Fisher's sort of, like, activities? Uh...
2: She's very shocked at first, I think. Like, in the first season, she doesn't really know what to make of it. Yeah. But she also has really, like, like, she really trusts Miss Fisher. So I think it's just sort of like, well, that's Miss Fisher. And that's how it is. I don't know. It's definitely, yeah, not in line with her own moral values. But I think it's (laughs) almost like live and let live. Like, she respects Miss Fisher for a whole bunch of other reasons. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And also Dot's sister is a prostitute. Oh. And there's a whole episode where she sort of, like, yeah. reconciles with her and everything. So, huh. yeah. Uh, so then we get a really uh, big standoff. <laughs> the love triangle comes to a head. Nice um, metaphor there. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Jack and Hugh tend to stand off with some guards. Lyle and Miss Fisher run out in various states of undress and everybody's pointing guns at each other and it's uh it's pretty rough and
2: miss fisher's barefoot and in the the jacket that dan mentioned earlier yeah <laughs> that is, is not not part of her regular wardrobe i uh, don't think we see a reappearance of that one
1: yeah it's funny because you see jack like look at her and see the jacket and then it cuts to her feet and she's yeah. sort of like crossing her feet a little bit I think yeah and he's just like clearly seeing red at this point oh yeah yeah like oh, he's yeah. been caught he's being held at gunpoint miss <laughs> Fisher is fornicating with this fly boy
0: oh! <laughs> yeah and it's it's interesting he's I mean this really shows a, a progression of things because these last two episodes he's been really jealous and mad whereas In previous situations where he's realized that Miss Fisher is involved with someone else, he kind of just rolls his eyes and is like, I don't want to hear about it. Or he gets, like, a little snippy. But here he's, like, really angry, so. I
2: think, Dan, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way that he's, like, doubly embarrassed because obviously she's sleeping with, like, his rival. But he's also been caught, like, literally breaking into an air force. Like, this is just a really... Tumultuous moment for Jack. It's a terrible
1: situation.
0: Yeah. It's pretty bad.
1: He's humiliated. Yeah. He's facing censure as a man of law. Like, yeah, it's a a rough time.
0: And he doesn't take it well. He flees in his tantrum. I have noted, jealous Jack, so mad. (laughs) So (laughs) mad?
2: And then I don't, see, I don't like, like, he just sort of, like, slinks off. Like, the standoff ends because Lyle calls it off, basically. So, like, Jack can't even get himself out of the situation. And then um, Franny, like, runs after him and is like, Jack, it's not what you think. We were just reminiscing. And I just, like, it's not a good look for Franny. It really
0: bothers me that she does that. Yeah, because it is what he thinks. So why does she lie? Yeah, I I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what he thinks. And then he says to her... That she should just keep those eyes turned skyward, which is when she realizes that the original love letter is actually a Leonardo da Vinci quote. And so, so then I think they run back to the house and they're they're poring over the book to try and identify the quote. Um, and there's a great moment where Mr. Butler is like, S- care for a snifter? <laughs> I just really wish that I had a Butler to bring me snifters of presumably like brandy or something. Yeah. Will you bring me Snifters? No. Useless. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this is basically they crack the case
2: because Dot says, could Virginia have been an aviatrix? And then it all just falls into place.
1: When she said aviatrix, I don't know if I've been watching too much of The Witcher and, like, reading too many fantasy novels, but I just, like, imagine some kind of, like, flying dinosaur or something.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say something about a dominatrix. No. (laughs) A flying no. dinosaur? Why a dinosaur?
1: I don't know. So where are they at in this scene?
0: They're in Miss Fisher's kitchen. They're in
1: Miss Fisher's kitchen. Okay.
0: Yeah. And is this the point at which Bert brings his lady love into the house? Or this is where they go to get her bag?
2: Well, no. First they go back to the morgue. Mm, and right. this is because Friday's figuring out she, like, tries out a man costume, like, with the pads. And then they...
1: Right. Right. To go to
2: the morgue, and Mac is like, yeah, well, these, this thing that was found with the uniform can be used to darken and roughen the skin, to look like stubble. And then, like, the dead woman had been heavily made up, to, and so Mac, like, reveals that her face is all rough.
1: To That's right. Yeah. I was so confused by this scene. I thought, like, so what I thought that they were saying is that this woman that they had lying on the slab was actually a man. And that the aviator was a man who had dressed up like a woman subsequently for some reason. And I was like, how, Dr. (laughs) Mac, on earth, did you not determine that this person was male? If you have their physical body here, like, did you get your medical degree at Costco?
0: Like... Well, there is a track record of an incompetent uh, coroner. Before they started featuring Mac at the morgue, there was this other guy. who Didn't he not notice that a victim was pregnant one time?
2: I don't remember that, but that seems plausible. He was was really stupid.
0: So it's not out of the question, actually. I mean,
1: I was just confused in the
2: end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, she was a woman who was impersonating a man to be in the Air Force so yeah and we also this is where we make the connection that james manning was admitted to the perth hospital and then oh they bring willis into the station for questioning at this point i think and then he's like yes virginia stole his identity forged his medical papers and then came to melbourne in his place and then he also says that she's befriended someone at the club a russian girl who had proof of sabotage on the airplanes from the union guys so tatiana was basically a spy right um and then he confirms that she died in his arms and he took the cigarette packet and has no idea how she was poisoned sad <laughs> it is. and then this is where Franny opens a cigarette box that Willis had scuttled into his desk and there's Russian writing on the inside right and she
0: needs that translated
2: yes and so then Bert and Sass go with Tatiana back to the club to get her things And Sess goes in and Bert offers to marry Tatiana so she can change her name. (laughs) How romantic.
0: How romantic. And then there's a bit of a dust up over the bag, but they prevail. Um, And this is
2: when they bring her to the house.
0: Right. And I I have noted that I really love her little embroidered floral headband. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cute. Yeah.
2: Bryony's also wearing a fantastic, like, very rich black jacket with, like, rich floral um, pattern on it with a
0: matching hat. She's very vibrant. <laughs> it's a good look. It's a good look. Yeah. Uh, so then she she gets Tatiana to translate the writing on the cigarette box. Well, first first she confesses that she's not in fact Tatiana at all, but she has some kind of fake passport and I don't, I don't remember.
2: <laughs> so well,
1: she's like a okay. she's like a member of the Russian royal family right? right she's like related to the czars and her family were like you know expurgated in the revolution or whatever
0: she's actually Anastasia so, we've solved well, a century-old mystery sorry here. did
1: they explain why she's at that bar then because it seems like she would want to you know murk Higgins if her family was massacred in the Russian revolution rather than like hanging around with this like schmarmy like socialist bro
2: well, I think it's just like she's working there. She just it's like how she can get a job and she's like kind of hiding her real identity so that the communists don't like, you know, run her out of town. And then but when Virginia comes like looking for the sabotage, she agrees to help her because she doesn't like the way Higgins talks about like her family who was killed in the revolution. Right. So she's trying to escape from them. Yes. And so then they find or she steals from Higgins, I guess, a report to the Comintern. Um And then they make a deal where Tatiana gives that to Virginia and Virginia offers to fly her somewhere safe because she got the
0: evidence of the sabotage. Right. Right. Okay, I'm glad you paid such close attention as usual.
2: And then my question... I was watching this with Rob. My question was, why would the communists be sabotaging the Australian military? And Rob says, because they're damn commies. Which I didn't <laughs> feel like is a very helpful explanation. But. <laughs> or,
1: I mean, you could sort of flip that on its head, right? Because the, the British are just, they're imperialists.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> also, they're it's saying. like, why are, why are all these mechanics, these union mechanics, communists? Is it like, do you have to become a communist to join the mechanics union?
1: No, but like, you know, socialism is... The political and historical system Of the working man and like the elevation Of labor and everything and there's like close Ties there because instead of like an Imperial monarchy it's like a Organization of Self-organized laborers
0: Okay all right
1: not to sound like a Damn commie it
0: turns yeah, out that it has Nothing to do with communism and They've just been paid off to do this
1: A red herring
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why would they be sabotaging the Australian military, the Air Force? I still don't get it. Why why sabotage?
0: Because the man in the pinstripe suit, the mansplainer, has put them up to it because he wants to kill Manning. Why?
1: Because they're imperialist
0: swine. No, no, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're communists. The man in the pinstripe suit put them up to it because he thinks that Manning is like a predator who's drawing Willis into his like homosexual plot. No,
2: that guy had nothing to do with the sabotage.
0: I thought he did. No. No. Oh.
2: Huh. He, was, he well, just poisoned the cigarettes. Huh. Well, I made that all up then. No, so
1: there was like two crimes here, right? Yeah, right. right. The
0: yeah. cigarettes right. and the plane.
1: in the, the sabotage, which was just completely incidental to the rest of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that the real answer here is that, like, you know, it's about as zany as the rest of it. I'm not sure why they would really choose to do that. seems like a pretty harebrained way to get back (laughs) at, like, global empire.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Anyways. Well, so then Tatiana translates the Russian on the cigarette packet, which is the meeting time and place for her rendezvous with the now-dead Manning, and so Miss Fisher decides to show up dressed as Tatiana, putting... Bert, Dot, and Sess all in danger by making them come along in the cab. And I, I don't understand this part either very well. So, like, Higgins shows up to kill who he thinks is Tatiana. It's actually Miss Fisher. But how does he know about the meeting?
2: Oh, because Sass goes back to the club to start a rumor, basically. He, like, he meets up with some guys outside the club and, like, tells them about the meeting. Huh. To lure Higgins there. Oh, okay. So All that right. Tatiana doesn't escape with this report that he put together about the sabotage.
0: Yeah. Um, so th- yeah. So then he shows up and like tries to shoot her, and then there this absurd flight scene ensues where she like he's running and she's chasing him in an airplane. Like, what what was the proposed outcome here? She was gonna run him down with the airplane. Like, I yes. It doesn't seem possible. In,
1: have you seen in the one Indiana Jones movie? He like battles the guy and gets him really close to the like spinning propeller blades. And the guy oh, gets yeah. like chopped up by the propeller blades. Oh. That's what I imagine happened is this Fisher just like just like I think can, I think and he just he just like splatters.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I guess you're right. Yeah, I didn't think of the the possibility of a propeller of uh, the possibility of a propeller propulsion i don't know a propell- the peril
1: of propeller <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> the perilous possibility of propeller protuberance on oh, no anyway you
2: know, i think the real reason is that she could see where he was so that she could guide jack on the motorcycle to chase him she so was trying to kill him
0: with that yeah i don't think so okay I but know. i love Jack gets on the motorcycle, because it's like, you know, Lyle was on the motorcycle at the beginning of the episode, but then when Jack gets on the motorcycle, it's showing that there's a, a clear winner here, and it's Jack, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Um,
2: before this happens, though, we learned some important clues to the murder, um, in that Dot reveal, this is back at the ranch when they're getting ready for the stakeout, Dot reveals that Mr. Greaves, the creepy guy, was an the place during the war in a factory, and Mr. B is like, Oh, that's where they made mustard gas. Right. So, this is the, what ties him to the poisoned cigarettes. Right. Brian um, is very suspicious. Um, he
1: is very suspicious, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, of Mr. Greaves. <laughs> <laughs> of the stakeout we get this great scene where Jack and Lyle are talking to each other and discussing how they've been manipulated by Friday Fisher <laughs> the tensions
0: are very high tensions are oh, very high oh man we get a stop show where the two of them are in intense partnership to solve air force crimes and they have to go up in airplanes and. You know, yeah but then we'd, <laughs> we'd have to watch Lyle more though. I don't mind Lyle so much really? Yeah, much. <laughs> you just hate his mustache um, also, oh, there's so- oh, sorry, go ahead. There's just an important part here where Higgins takes a complete pratfall. And I think that's pretty funny. So <laughs> let the record show <laughs> Higgins takes a pratfall.
2: Yeah, he doesn't come off very well in this scene. Rob's note. So Rob was watching this and gave me some notes, even though he didn't agree to come on the podcast. So Higgins is in the grass and he's like watching them meet up and he like pulls out his gun and sort of like holds it out like one handed at quite a distance. And Rob said, good luck hitting them from that distance with an offhand one-hand shot, especially with a double-action Webley, which
1: Oh, is because- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. So, good luck, Higgins.
1: That's anyway. the scene where you can clearly see his Joseph Stalin lapel pin.
2: See, we have two, two, two different men
0: noticing two different <laughs> things.
2: So, things that so. I never would have noticed.
0: Either reverse perspectives. Oh, double-action Webley? He recognized yes.
2: that. Yes, and then he looked it up. He was right. Jack also has a Webley, but it's a different kind mm-hmm. of Webley. It's a break-action Webley. Okay. Um, you flip a latch and like open the gun up to un- dump the shells out all at once. Mm-hmm. And it was issued to soldiers during World War One by the British. But although it's not the one that there's a lot. Anyways, I don't understand all this. Not the one that Jack has is not a military issued one. No. Okay. It is the type of gun that would have been issued during that time. He also looked up Miss Fisher's gun, and sad to say, the gun, the actual gun that she has was not manufactured until the 1950s. So it is like not historically. Aww. Yeah.
0: How I, did he figure out what gun it was?
2: Miss Fisher's? Yeah. He just started Googling like pearl handled well, and he he knew it was a Smith and Wesson because we looked up pictures of it. So it's uh, okay. I think I wrote this down. It's a Smith and Wesson Lady Smith. But it was not made until the 1950s. So. Lady Smith. I mean,
1: it's yeah. cool that she has the golden gun. It's very James exactly. Bond, very, like, you know, the one hit kill.
2: Yeah. So I think that's why. Um, I mean, she has to have it. It's, it's, I'm like, OK, that it's not historically accurate. Cause it's like the perfect gun for her. But also, apparently the Union thugs have Luger's is the type of gun that they have okay
0: that's a type of gun that i've heard of and that's all mm-hmm. that that's all the knowledge i have there
1: mm-hmm. they're very distinctive they've got like a normal boxy body and then a very like thin cylindrical barrel okay see i know things
0: yes <laughs> you know about communists and guns
1: don't say that on the internet
0: please <laughs> it's too late it can't be edited <laughs> um and then I think our next scene is at the police station where we discover that pinstriped mansplainer was the homophobic culprit of the rice and cigarette plot. Indeed. He said somebody had to
2: do something. And I just think, no, <laughs> <laughs> he, he
0: didn't, he didn't have to do anything. Yeah. I my thought of this anything. murder. Yeah. Totally unnecessary murder. And then we um, also
2: learned that Lyle lied to Freiny about the union business. He knew about it all along.
0: Uh, Oh, well, that's the end of him. It is. Last nail in the coffin there. And then, as always, the final parlor scene where Jack and Frowny are sharing a drink, toasting their successes. And she toasts him as the as-yet-unsung hero who has saved her life again and again. But I take issue with this. She always saves herself. He's only actually saved her, like, one time. He always comes in after she's, like, escaped the handcuffs or, like you know subdued the perpetrator
2: yeah i took it as less a literal saving and more as a like their friendship is you know yeah i guess so i don't know well i thought it was sweet it It was it was we also dot and hugh do set a date they have a real talk about working
0: women that's true yes i forgot about that Aww. Aww. Although there's no reason given given for why Hugh has a like a total 180 on this issue.
1: No. He has no backbone. That's why.
0: <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I'm cutting off your allowance. Ah!
1: Good thing I go to the free library.
2: <laughs> All right, murder recap. Okay. Um. So pinstripe mansplainer was on to Manning and Willis having an affair, thought they were gay. Turns out he was homophobic and a murderer, so he used his knowledge And wrong, yeah. He was also just (laughs) frankly wrong about the situation. Um, And he used his knowledge of chemical weapons that he gained at a factory during the war to poison Manning's cigarettes, which is a slow-acting poison, to throw off any suspicion of him, I guess. Because he was not present at the time of death. Um, Manning was, in fact, a woman, uh, Virginia, who had stolen a ailing airman's identity as a nurse in a hospital and assumed his post as a pilot with the Air Force. Um, there was union workers at the Air Force base that were under orders from weirdo communist Higgins to sabotage <laughs> sabotage things and um, they sabotaged Virginia aka Manning's plane um, and so she was hellbent on figuring it out and she befriended Tatiana at the club um, and they stole a report that Higgins was making about the sabotage to um, get to the bottom of it and um, then she died. <laughs>
0: That's that's what happened. All right. Great recap.
1: It's an eventful
0: couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So, um let's start it out with worst outfit of the week. Um I went with Max Corner outfit. I'm sick of seeing her in that white jacket and I want to see the tweed suits again. I put Friday in Lyle's coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't like that's- it.
1: I put, uh, in the last scene, Dot is wearing this, like, pale pink blouse, and it's got, like, weird lace around the collar and, like, ruffled stuff. I just can't with that.
2: (laughs) I kind of like that, but the lace was weird. The lace was weird. The little collar was very
0: grandmotherly, yeah. 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 I think you two are going to have to agree to disagree. On best outfit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, for best outfit, had Miss Fisher in the first scene where she's wearing the peach velvet jacket and the gray sort of pantsuit set, which was just perfect.
1: Um, I actually had Franny Fisher in nothing but Lyle Compton's full grain leather duster (laughs) as the best outfit of the week, Um, with a close second being uh, the black skirt and copper striped top she's wearing in the final scene. Thought that
2: was a okay, I, I see. I really like that one, yeah. Obviously, not with you on the, the, the leather duster, but. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you we have for us? I had the, the coat and hat combo with the rich colors that I went on and on about earlier. Okay, okay.
0: Um. All right, so murder method? Wait, no, best week, worst week for. Oh, sorry. Yeah, best um, week. For best week, I put Hugh because I think he came to an important conclusion. You know, he had a big turnaround on an issue. And that was positive. Great. <laughs> right. I
2: had um, Tatiana. <laughs> oh, okay. She gets, she escapes. I don't know.
1: Um, I actually put Bert, because uh, at one point Tatiana tells him, you know, you're the kind of man any woman could come to love. You know, which I think is really just a life-affirming, meaningful compliment. It's probably one of the best things that happened to any of these people this week. Everything <laughs> else seemed, uh, you know. Huh. Pretty par for the course for them.
0: Rude. What about Dot setting a wait for setting a date for her wedding with Hugh?
1: Yeah, it seems all right. All
0: right. Well, that's a great segue into my worst week, which was Bert heart broke <laughs> by a lying Russian <laughs> tech <Skullcet> girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What'd you I, have? I had Higgins for worst week. <laughs> <laughs> wait, who'd you have for best week? Oh, you already said you already
1: said. Sorry, sorry for for Higgins. Could you just ex- expand on that a little bit on why I you had think th- he? Had-
2: week yeah he he got literally got chased by a plane and a motorcycle at the same time and then got arrested for trying to sabotage the air force for like seemingly no reason yeah i'm pretty sure he also takes a gut punch from bert yeah Yeah. yeah he does And like doubles no, in the grass. It's not a good look for Higgins, no.
1: I, uh, I agree with you. I actually also for Worst Week had Rupert Higgins. I mean, he's just trying to advance the cause of global <laughs> socialism against the hegemony of the global British Empire. And he gets caught up in this bullshit. And this Fisher tries to decapitate him with the blades of that airplane. Like Jack cruises up on him on that motorcycle. He gets the shit kicked out of him.
0: But he was trying what? to expose. He was trying to kill that poor woman who was just trying to expose this murderous plot.
1: Got to break some eggs.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you say would you say that the ends justify the means? I wouldn't. Okay. For the
1: record, I For wouldn't. For
0: Rupert Yes.
1: No, he's a turd. But had a bad week.
0: All right, skill of the week: airplane pursuit.
2: This is not. This is more than flying. This is like dive bombing a man running on the ground. Oh, that's
0: pretty good. I didn't think of that. Did you come up with one?
1: Uh, I was also thinking that the airplane act, like the the acrobatics that she's yeah. engaging with that plane. It's like trick flying. Like.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think that's easy. Hmm. Well, for the sake of um diversity of answers here, I'm gonna go with uh, disguise because she pretends to be Tatiana.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, murder method. I put 8 cuz I mean, I mean poison cigarettes. We haven't seen it before. It's out of the normal, but I just want to say that I put the murder motive at -50,000. 50,000, <laughs>
0: 50, I mean. I'm, yeah. Yeah, the, the motive was just this stupid. The motive is often stupid, but this was a particularly bad one.
1: Yeah. Is this like a a meta stupid or like a in-world stupid? Is it like you know, this guy is obviously a piece of garbage for, like, being such a homophobe, or is this, like, you know, they should have just tried harder when they came up with this murder method, like...
0: Oh, I think she's doing, um...
1: Meta, or...
2: I don't think I understand the question. But I the first thing you said about him being a piece of garbage... Okay. Right.
1: I I more was, like, is it about what a piece of garbage the murderer is, or is it, like, the method was not a great plot device
2: oh no i think it's a it's a fine plot device it's not like the best plot in any miss fisher episode but it's like fine
0: as plot devices go yeah um i had seven because i agree i thought it was original and also i mean it was sort of unlikely that he was going to get caught if they hadn't found the cigarettes you know so (laughs) oh
2: yeah he probably would have gotten away with it
0: if it wasn't for these meddling kids
1: exactly i also had a seven because you know, Ryson's pretty nasty. Yeah, It seemed seemed like a pretty pretty reasonable way to kill somebody.
0: Okay, and that brings us to our last and most important ranking: sexual tension. Genevieve,
2: I put it at seven, um, which is not that high. It's like up there. We get a lot of jealous Jack, plus the asset comment, which I found hilarious, and hand on the leg, and the end toast. But I don't know. It was like there's a lot of a lot of the love triangle thing and not a lot of direct sexual tension but perhaps i'm wrong
0: yeah you know i gave it an even 10 actually because i thought wow. and on leg there's jealousy but ultimately you're right their faces never get very close together which as you know i'm a fan of that um but i, I do often i do often go above the scale so i I've, I've broken the scale basically anyway <laughs> what did you have
1: so is the sexual tension the tension between Jack and Phryne?
0: Yes, it is. Oh,
1: okay. Because there's a write... lot of tension between, like, her and Compton when he's, like, lifting her off the airplane yeah, and stuff. Is. Like, that's pretty provocative, clearly.
0: So what did, um, you, what did you rate that? I actually
1: at? didn't. I think I put a six, but I don't really have a lot of context, so I'll take
0: it with a grain of salt. All right. Well, it's, it's nice to have a, a new, fresh perspective on things. All right. That wraps us up. It does. Next week, we'll
2: be at season three, episode three, Murder and Mozzarella, which I just watched last night and is one
0: of my favorite episodes. I love that one. The only time Jack ever has a love interest other than Franny and I guess Rosie. But like, you know, yeah,
2: that's kind of already over once the show begins. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. right. Till then. Till then, listeners. Bye. Bye.